The Big Story from The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. You are watching The Big Story with me, Chiao Suen. Subscribe to The Straits Times channel to stay up to date with our live news updates. Singapore's gig economy has grown by leaps and bounds, but how much do food delivery riders actually earn? Not enough, it seems, according to a new study by the Institute of Policy Studies, which says that more needs to be done to protect their welfare in the long run. Most food delivery riders earn less than $3,000 a month from food delivery work, found the study, which surveyed over a thousand of these gig workers. Their median income stands at $1,925. This is less than half of the 2021 national median monthly salary. The study also found that about 4 in 10 respondents worked for more than 44 hours weekly, which is the maximum recommended under the Employment Act. And just 1 in 4 felt they had enough savings to support themselves and their families in the short term if they stopped working. Joining us now is Dr. Matthew Matthews, Principal Research Fellow at IPS and Lead Researcher on the Working Paper on Platform Food Delivery Writers in Singapore. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Matthews. So, food delivery has very much become a part of our daily lives and I think most of us are very familiar with delivery riders and services. So, to begin with, what does this study that you've just done hope to achieve? Uh, we've been working on platform workers since the end of 2019. And really, we're interested in looking at the conditions of this form of work. This kind of gig work is kind of interesting because it's redefining how workers and work are brought together, mediated by an app, matched by algorithms. Uh, where they don't have a very clear employer-employee relationship. Uh, well, food delivery is of particular interest since, you know, it does draw quite a few people, reasonably large number of young people who take on this job. Uh, understandably, there's quite a bit of uh, health, physical exertion, uh, that, that component comes out of this job. So we want to understand the experience as food delivery workers, uh, whether it's a positive, the, the challenges that come with it, what gets them into a job, perhaps what makes them reconsider this, uh, especially when it comes to issues like social protection. And of course, we want to look at how they they think about moving forward in this particular work. So considering how integral they are to our everyday lives now, how well protected are they actually, these delivery riders? And what are some of their pressing concerns? Well, over the last few months, you know, we've seen uh, platform companies take quite a few steps to provide uh, more schemes, benefits for riders, and all those are uh, really good things. Though from our survey, we do know that most workers are either not too satisfied with what's being offered and quite a few of them are unsure of what's being offered. So that kind of gives you a sense that they probably have not opted into some of these schemes which are available. Uh, on the issue of how well protected uh, these workers are, what is the issue of the income they can get from this job? The fact is it, uh, the fact is that it's not that high uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, you do have the ones who get super high wages, uh, but like in the survey it was like 4% who said that they earn something like 5 uh, most, the median wage was 1925 It's just about $2,000. Uh, so riders tell us about the competition. So, I mean, one area they need to be protected is, is their wages. Uh, you have many more riders, and of course, that means lower fares, income dip, uh, and then of course, there's a lot of fluctuation with earnings. So from the earnings side, they're not too well protected. Then, you know, the coverage that comes, whether it's accidents, we, we learn from the study that quite a few of our riders, especially those who are really trying to get uh, more work and work longer hours, they get into quite a few accidents that need medical attention. And of course, their future, uh, that's too not very well covered in terms of whether it's uh, 
income from CPF or other ways to be able to ensure retirement housing adequacy. So you mentioned CPF. Mandatory contributions to CPF is a point of concern uh, for over 50% of the respondents. And you know, it could also provide a more robust social and retirement safety net. But of course, there are competing considerations, right, such as less take-home pay. What do you think is the way forward? It's certainly not an easy, straightforward thing. Uh, it's clear that over 50% actually uh, think this is needed, uh, CPF. Uh, remember, uh, in fact, it's quite interesting that uh, we, we did highlight that it, it will require their contribution as well. So they know that it will pinch into their own income, but they recognize the need. Uh, we noticed that quite a few younger ones actually said this is important. Uh, and for them, housing needs are clear, clearly there. CPF does form a good way to save your down payment, serving your, your mortgage rather than uh, dishing it out cash yourself. Uh, so, so it's important for I mean, a robust set of public education to be carried out to help this group to understand that uh, it is true that when you have CPF contributions, you do lose out uh, some immediate type of income that you you want to have. But then if you think about the broader needs that you have, uh, longer-term security, whether it's not just about retirement, just about owning a house, taking care of healthcare bills. And, and CPF does allow you to be a lot more self-reliant in this banner. So being able to help people to evaluate that, the, the fact that if I'm at a job, uh, I, I need to have wages which can not just take care of my immediate needs now, but also my longer-term security needs. Uh, so uh, hopefully with this, I think people will begin to have a sense about the need to, uh, one, get that kind of wages, uh, make a decision if platform work is really working for them, even with CPF contributions, then fine. But if it's not, then perhaps pivoting to other kinds of work. Uh and also, I mean, I think this is important because we noticed from the survey that quite a few writers mentioned that their concern is that if they end up having to pay CPF and the platforms to pay CPF, then the platforms will somehow or other take that CPF amount out from their earnings uh, because they talk about the lack of transparency in that. So there needs to be some kind of policy to make sure that writers would be able to get their fair earnings and platforms will do their part to contribute to their welfare. Thank you, Dr. Matthews. This has been Matthew Matthews, Principal Research Fellow and Head of Social Lab at IPS.